your regularly scheduled program to bring you this John Pod News Team exclusive, COVID Chronicles, America in Lockdown. We send you now to the John Pod Studios and your host, Dustin Jones. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening across the country and around the world. Welcome back to the JogPod Studios. I am your host, Dustin Jones, and we are here for the COVID Chronicles once again, talking about the things that are important to us and the things that are important to you and things that aren't important at all, but hey, we all got lots of time to kill. I am joined in studio because it doesn't break quarantine protocols because we're together every goddamn minute of the day. It's Nikki Jones. <laughs> Hello. Uh, thank you. I'm happy to be here, I guess. Y- you guess? <laughs> You're not excited to be doing something other than watching TV or working? I mean, you know, variety is the spice of life, right? <laughs> I, I, I really thought you were going to be a lot more positive about this whole thing. <laughs> well, you were the one who started. You set the tone. Like, I have to be together every goddamn day. So, I'm just following too. Wow. Yeah, I know. But see... As I often do, I give you the opportunity to rise above, oh. and you choose to go under. You set the douche tone, so that's where we're I at wasn't now. really that douchey, though. You were pretty douchey. All right, fine. <laughs> well, good to see you, as we uh, <laughs> only see each other 99% of the time. That, it's, uh, it's great to see you as well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sit this close together pretty much all of the time. We're just now have microphones in front of us. Right. And usually we're facing the TV, not that's, each other. That's true. We've watched an extraordinary amount of TV, but somehow doesn't seem like any more than usual. <laughs> well, we generally watch an extraordinary amount of TV. We do. Um, I will say that we are probably the only people going through and watching old episodes of Top Chef. Yeah, because we're legends. <laughs> that's true. Let's let's just jump into it. We've been watching a lot of Top Chef. Uh, shout out to uh, Bravo TV who puts... Uh, old seasons of Top Chef up on the Hulu. If you're not subscribed to the Hulu, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, you know, hey, Hulu, if you want to drop a sponsorship, I'm happy to promote your. I'm totally sure they're going to your product. Um, but yeah, we just finished watching the first season of Top Chef All Stars, which was season eight of the show, um, which ties into the fact that we're watching the second season of All Stars, which is currently airing live on Bravo. Uh, this season so we're very excited about that just finished up we, we saw the finale today where it was announced that perennial favorites all around wonderful guy we hope i mean i hope i mean i've never really heard anything bad about richard blaze but i mean who knows he could be a giant dick i mean i feel like he's got that like perfectionistic driven prickiness about him um he's a weird blend of scientist and artist yeah which i feel like is a fine line to walk it's a tightrope um but i mean his food's really good so i'm talking louder than i did when i sound checked aren't i yeah it's fine i'm fine here you know if if it's popping on your end just turn it down it's not my fault it's nikki's (laughs) i sound check her at one level and then she i felt like i was singing quiet blows up Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, he hasn't been me too, so that's nice, you know. That's true. Seems like maybe he's not a prick to the ladies any more than he is a prick to anyone. So yeah, 
I appreciate is it, that. Is it, do you prefer someone, if someone's going to be a prick, if they're prickish to equal, equal opportunity equal prickish? Prick. Yes, I, I prefer that. Okay, that's fair. And not based on whether he finds you attractive or not. He's just a prick because he's a prick. Like, I very much appreciate that. Not a prick based on whether or not you sleep with him. Right. That's fair. I or feel withhold like, opportunities I, because you don't. Yeah. I feel like that's a fair standard. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, every person that I've ever tried to give an opportunity to has been whether or not they'll sleep with me. So, I mean, if he does that, I, I would All those understand. opportunities you've had to give. You know, hey. So Are hurtful. You, I know. This, this, whole podcast, this? this whole podcast just is going to be me being sad. Well, Jones, it's all part of my ulterior plan to... Kill your free spirit. 13 so. years going strong of it's, just destroying everything in, inside of me. Yeah, that's true. Slowly chipping away. and <sighs> I It's once democracy was, in action. action. It's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I once had sunlight in my soul. <laughs> but Killed that right out of you. Your love is like an eclipse. Wow. <laughs> I feel like you're going too far. <laughs> I was trying to be poetic. Oh, not you're truthful. a poetic dick. <laughs> Thanks. I'm a poet and I don't even know it. So you're anyway, a dick back. And you do know it. Anyway. I definitely do know that. <laughs> I try to tell people all the time that I'm an asshole, and everyone's like, "Oh no, you're just so funny." I'm like, "No, I really hate you." <laughs> you have enough charm, that you but can I do it with it a over. smile. Mm-hmm. It's a fuck you with a smile. Indeed, you're good at that. Well, you know, it's good to be good at something, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've been watching a lot of Top Chef. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Top Chef is a weird show to me because it's a reality show that you wouldn't think would be successful because the whole point of it is something that people watching could have no real appreciation for what is actually happening. You can't taste the food. Like, but you, they've done, they did such a good job early on and getting you invested in the people Yeah, that, uh, it just, you know. Well, don't you think too, like having watched that show, there's stuff that I want to try that I never would have thought I would want to try Sure. just because it looks so interesting and they're talking about how good it is. Yeah. So then like, I mean, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty daring when it comes to eating stuff anyway, but like. There's just a lot of stuff that I was like, wow, I never would have ordered that on a menu, but now they're talking about it and it looks, it sounds like it tastes so good. I really want to eat that. Right. Um, But so I think that that's maybe part of it. But then also like, I will say this, the particular season we just got done watching season eight has a lot of extra bells and whistle jumping the shark moments in their challenges, which I do not love. But generally... The show has respected the fact that it's really fucking hard to cook well. Yeah. Especially in the time constraints and the other creativity restraints that they have. And so they just let them cook really well in a nice kitchen. Yeah. And it's got to be hard for them because, and when I say hard for them, I'm, I'm talking about the producers of the show because you can't really just have like 16 weeks of chefs cooking a bunch of food. I mean, why not? Because it's going to get tedious. Mm. Like, you have to... Like, I feel like some of the challengers are far and above just wonky and weird and, like, whatever. But, like... 
Some of them I'm fine with. Yeah. I feel like, and maybe I'm feeling this even more so because season eight is just so heavy, like heavy in that. Yeah. Every freaking challenge is like they have to run around Target and find freaking heating plates and whatever, like set up the table in the kitchen and like all of that. Like they're, or they're, they have to catch their own fish to then cook it. And the catch your own fish thing. I don't mind at all. That I think is a totally fine challenge because that is giving people an appreciation for having to go out, source your food. It gives you a better of appreciation rather than just going to whole foods and buying of already filleted fish. Yeah. So that I don't have as much a problem with. I don't know. I think I would just really rather watch them cook really well. Yeah. And not have to deal with all this other. I mean, it's it's exhausting to watch it. To watch it. Yeah. I can't imagine how exhausting it was for them to do it. Totally. Basically, I just watch the show because I'm in love with Padma. (laughs) I mean, she is. I never will not be in love with Padma. She just gets. More badass and more beautiful as the years go by. Like when uh, her when, clothes are just crazy. in that in that finale episode when she pops off of that boat and she's got like a sarong and a bikini and you're everyone else is all the chefs are just like Jesus <laughs> and a couple of them are women and they're just like what? <laughs> it's still intimidating yes. as a, yeah and the way like she just walks with a swagger like. She walks like she has a pair of sweats on, like in flip flops. Like it's just no big deal. Well, she walks. She walks like a a lion. Yeah, like a female, like a lioness. Don't you like think? Just, like, d- doesn't that give you some indication of probably what it's like to be in bed with her? Like, yeah, she would destroy me. She would destroy you for sure. And I would, you know, it would be the best forty five <laughs> seconds of my life. That includes getting my pants off. <laughs> And then she'd be like, pack your knives and go. Exactly. <laughs> she always does have really, really great clothes, though. Oh, man. I mean, she's got a... Her body is ridiculous anyway. But, like, the they dress her so well. Like, man. I mean, it's stellar. Yeah. She's a beautiful woman anyway. And, and shout out to Gail Simmons, who like gets lost in the shuffle, but is also just a is. delightful Canadian and who knows her way around food and is beautiful and knows tons of shit. And, yeah. like, and you know, Daddy Tom. I mean, come on. I mean, Tom could get it. He's pretty hot. Plus, he just, you know, he could cook me a nice steak. Yeah. It wouldn't be. Gives you the steak and then gives you the steak. <laughs> Have, just just based me just based me in butter oh tom my God. just based me in butter <laughs> daddy tom just based uh, me in butter holy hell <sighs> damn <laughs> i am literally thirsty now <sighs> so we are into uh top chef all stars the season that's currently going right now and a ton of badass chefs yeah um it's kind of a murderer's role really it, yeah it it is really pretty outstanding the the people that they've they've found on that show and it just goes to show you how many truly talented chefs are out there in the world and who have come through that show yeah. i mean it's a pretty that's a pretty high honor i think in the end to and i mean i think too there's also a 
I mean, there are some badass chefs that have never been on a TV show because that's just not something that they desire. Right. But like, I don't know. I mean, the amount of chefs that you hear about that are really good that are winning James Beard Awards who have affiliation with Top Chef is really high. Yeah. It gets pretty impressive. I think uh, I think we're on the same page in terms of who we're who we're cheering for. Um, Kevin, Gregory, Eric, Mimi, and I'm not cheering for Mimi. You're not cheering for Mimi? No. Why not? I don't know. I'm just not. I I love Brian Voltaggio. Uh, speaking right? of people who can get it, um, so <laughs> really, I think he's the least attractive guy on the show. Are you crazy? No. You are crazy. He looks like a Ken doll. Mm. He's a little pretty for me generally, but like he is attractive. Plus, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not attractive. Actually, he's better looking than uh, than uh, Malarkey. I hate Malarkey. Yeah, not a fan. He's an embarrassing person. And by the way, it's Nini. I think we both we I think we said Mimi. I said Nini. Yeah, it's It's Nini. Nini. We were somewhere in the middle there. Right, we're close. So you're, you're. I found her really annoying when she was on last season. Yeah. And so that's probably I. I don't think she's as annoying this season, um. But I think that's tainting me. That's affecting my opinion of her. Yeah. I. Uh, what do we feel? What do you? Uh, are you on team Melissa at all? Yeah, like Melissa's been surprising to me. In what she's way? the Asian one, right? Correct. Yeah. Um. I didn't remember her really from her season. Like vaguely I did, Mm -hmm. but I don't really remember anything about her food or um, her being particularly special. And she has cooked some really beautiful food this year or this season. So I, you know, like I like a butch lesbian. Get it, you know, get it done. (laughs) Sorry, that has absolutely nothing to do with her food. She just has a beautiful, I just think she has a really cool sensibility about her food. I would really love to go to her restaurant. Let's be honest; I would love to go to any of their restaurants. That's true. But. but I feel like if you're gonna rank the hot, so you're if you're ranking the hot guys, the hotness of the guys on the show, you would put Voltaggio one. <sighs> yes. No way, um, Eric. Eric is way hotter. I do. <laughs> I do Voltaggio, then Eric, and um, crap. Who's the guy with the glasses? Gregory. 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 Then Kevin, probably. Yeah. Kevin's my kind of guy. I like a. I'm not a big ginger but fan, but I like a chubby guy. Yeah. Shockingly. Well, <laughs> there, there's levels. And <laughs> and you know, I, we're talking about the, I, I didn't want to just talk about how hot Padma was and then not like give fair credit to talking about right. hot guys. Cause I think the girls are beautiful too. Like the chick, who's the, what's the name of the chick with the pink hair? Uh, I can't remember that her name. That is, I'm looking at the list. It is Rabbit. She won a James. Karen. Ka- Karen. Yeah, it's Karen. Okay. From Boston with the long hair that kind of reminds you of my. That kind of reminds me of my sister. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's got a Heatherisk. Heatherisk. Yeah, yeah, that's Karen. About her. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just what what I find entertaining about the show and like. What I love about Project Runway, um, like there's things about those shows that I don't love, but the things that I love generally is people who are really good at something and watching them do that really well. Yeah. I love that. And that's why I like even like nailed it on 
Netflix. I've never gotten into that show because it's people who are trying to do something great and fuck it up. Yeah. And that is just not appealing to me. Like I want to see people achieve their best and, and learn from when they don't. And I guess they do that on Nailed It too, I guess. I don't know. But I've never really watched enough of it to know. But I think that's my appeal to that show is that I just really love people doing what they love to do and watching them do that and grow. And like I I find that really awesome to watch. That's why I love that show. So no surprise, uh, of all the the women that are in that cast, Jennifer was my favorite. Yeah. She's a... Well, she's been a long she's time. She's harsh favorite. and dirty and and like will kill people. So of course yeah. I like She will that. cut you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um I so, feel like Jennifer and I would be f- friends in real life. Maybe. I don't know. But so five people have been eliminated. Um so who uh who do you think uh is gonna win? I mean, I think I think it's I don't, it's really hard. I mean, I think Kevin is probably my favorite to win. I think Kevin should have won his season. Um, I just really love his cook. I, I would love to eat his food. I mean, the guy loves, he has a pig tattooed on his arm. I mean, he is our people. I I for sure think we'd be friends with him. There's a bunch of people that I would like to see win. I can tell you for sure the people that I want to be eliminated (laughs) are Brian Malarkey and Leanne. Uh, If either of those two could go soon. Uh, that would be better. Um, I'm indifferent to Stephanie. She's fine. Whatever. I, I think she's okay. Um, but, you know, I uh, Eric Gregory, Kevin, if any of those three wins, that would be awesome. I would be fine if Altagio won, but I don't, I don't think that he's better than Gregory or Kevin. It's so funny, though, on this week's episode, uh, <laughs> Brian Malarkey makes a list yeah has a notebook a, a list of people who he thinks he ranks all the people that are left from top to bottom and of course puts himself first right which i mean he should because if he doesn't think he's the best chef there then why is he even there true he's delusional but <laughs> <laughs> but then like two of the people two of the three people that he had the, at the very bottom are gregory and eric yeah, and they both no respect they both game. were at the top and you know Gregory won a quick fire and has been high on all the challenges. So I feel like both of them are, well, Eric probably isn't because he went really far in his season, but Gregory did not. How far did Gregory go in his season? I can't remember. He went pretty far. But I feel like they're kind of sleepers. There aren't people, they, and because, so like. Gregory was the runner up. Oh, okay. I forgot. But so like, like Voltaggio, like obviously like people know how precise and like his food is fussy and like, he's like, you know, you're not walking out of his restaurant spending less than a thousand dollars. Probably like that's a Voltaggio dinner experience. It's just a very different thing from what Eric and Gregory do or Kevin does, which is more like, it's just as complex and just as complicated and whatever. But, is more approachable probably than Voltaggio's food is. So in the end, I mean, I think it just kind of depends one who can actually execute what they plan to do. And then two, like it comes down to the taste of the judges and what they appreciate more. Yeah. Lots of, uh, 
interesting stuff going on at Top Chef. It's a show that we love. We spend a lot of time watching it, and obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about it. Yeah. One more thing, though. It is actually interesting after watching these older episodes. So the episode, the season we just finished watching was in, aired in 2011, and the change in food and how they present it and and stuff is crazy. Like, it's crazy how different it is now. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's style has evolved. Yeah, it, it's style has a evolved. Lot. Anyway, that's been a good entertainment for us while we're stuck in the house. What uh, what have you uh, liked the least about being uh, quarantined and ordered to stay at home this last? What is or coming up on a month? Yeah. Um, you know, I like. I am an. I go back and forth of this because I definitely have introverted tendencies, but I am an extrovert. Like the definition of an extrovert is somebody who gets energized by being around people. And that is 100% me. And so even if like the introverted side of me talks myself out of going to things or whatever, like I always feel better when I leave a place where I've been with people that I genuinely like spending time with and you know whatever like I, I thrive on that energy and so really being limited to the people that I can interact with to really just you and my parents um it's that's been really hard and not that I don't love being with you guys but I just I I like groups of people so that sucks that's probably been the hardest thing for me how about you um I don't know it's all hard yeah um I I how much easier has it been that your parents have been here? Wait. Like, how much more bananas would you be off your rocker, crazy? Fruit, yeah. Like? I mean, I think just generally having them nearby is really helpful to me. Um, I mean, I've talked about this a bunch to you and whatever. And, like, I haven't lived near my parents since I left the house. So, the closest I've ever lived was two hours away. Um Otherwise, I've been way further. I've been at least three hours away when we lived in the cities or, you know, 15 hours away when we lived in Oklahoma. So, like, to have them be close enough that I can drive over there or they can drive over here for dinner or, like, mom and I have cooked together a bunch. Like, that is really precious to me because I haven't had that my whole grown-up life and I really love it. Yeah, honestly, the best part has been the fact that your mom cooks food and brings it over all the time. Yeah, because she doesn't know how to. <laughs> she doesn't know how to cook for two people. So, <laughs> and they have like no storage in their RVs. So she's like, um. See, it's weird for me because I'm home a lot anyway. Like yeah. I'm a person that generally stays home a lot. But the big difference is, I'm usually home alone a lot. Yeah. So like on my days off and stuff, when you're at work, like I'm just here, and it's. I have more of a choice in terms of the volume of like what's going on in the house. Like if I want it quiet, if I want to have music on, if I want to just, you know, if you want to sit at your desk and play songs and sing really loud, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. So it, that's, that's been the big adjustment. Um, I feel like we've both had to uh, just turn on our nose blinders a lot so that uh, neither of us uh, are always noticing how the other one probably needs more of a shower than we <laughs> Then we've taken. <laughs> I've been showering every other day, <laughs> whether I need it or not. Um, I generally the, need it. The challenge of dealing with our hair is starting to get overwhelming because I really desperately need a haircut. And I desperately don't 
want a haircut because I want my hair to grow. Yeah. It's actually kind of been nice to not have to worry about doing it because it's so god awful right now that it you can't really do it. So yeah. I haven't had to really see people. And that part has been very nice, actually. I just pull it back in a headband every day right now. <laughs> I've got the headband of the day going on. I only have one, though, so it's not as exciting. So you uh, you you bake a lot now, which is awesome. Yeah. How bummed out were you that your pies didn't turn out as well as you'd hoped for Easter? I was pretty bummed, especially because those apples were beautiful, and they died yeah, in you, vain for yeah, my pie. Yeah, you you murdered like fifty dollars worth of apples. Oh, it sucked so for, bad for no reason. I know it was a very very sad apple pie. I think I figured out what I I I think I figured out what happened on it. Uh, well, I just didn't bake it long enough, but I tried to do a crumble top and I didn't, I was doing a crumble topping for both the cherry and the apple pie and I didn't have enough left for the apple pie. So that was the first problem. But then the second problem was that the crumble started to burn really fast. And so I checked it at 45 minutes and I probably should have checked it at a half hour because then I could have stopped it from burning at all. Um, but that freaked me out so much that I didn't trust temperatures that I should be trusting. Like I knew it needed to get to a certain temperature inside the pie and I never let it get there because the top was so dark. It freaked me out. And so anyway, that's the way it went. But I mean, what do you do? I mean, the cherry pie was so awful. I ate pretty much all of it. So, <laughs> And I don't know why the, I did the exact same thing because I've done that cherry pie with yeah. the crumble topping before. The cherries, the the like the juice really reduced down to like it was super weird. Yeah. I don't know what happened on that. Um, maybe it was because I mixed up the filling too too early. Yeah. Before I put it in the pie to then go in the oven. Yeah. Because normally I get the crust already and then I do the filling, but I was having timing issues because of the crumble and doing both pies and whatever. So I don't know. Anyway, this is riveting. I'm sure for people who don't care about baking, <laughs> but um, it's, it's actually one of the things I love about baking in the end um, is that you just start to get confident and then it kicks you on your ass. Yeah. And while I find it frustrating, I also love that about it because I never really feel confident in anything that I do. Even Chocolate chip cookies I feel confident in, but otherwise nothing else I feel confident. Even things I've made many, many times. You guys, I can't even tell you like how amazing her chocolate chip I cookies are. I can make are. a chocolate chip cookie. They I'll are tell you what. the fucking bomb. And what cracks me up is when I first started making those. So we were in our second house in Bartlesville. So I probably have been making them since 2010, 11, something like that. So eight or nine years now. Hmm. I don't think that long. Oh, maybe it's not. I don't know. It's been a long time, though. I've been making them for a long time. Since whenever you got the mixer. Was that when I... I, Yeah, anyway, I can't remember. You didn't really make cookies before you got the stand mixer. Uh, That's probably true. Anyway, um, I remember when I first started making chocolate chip cookies, I found them to be really challenging. (laughs) Like, I was very nervous. I was reading the recipe over and over again. I was scared to make them and whatever. And now I'm like, I don't even need a recipe. I can just make chocolate chip cookies. And I they love them. are so good. Yeah. They're yummy. I what, think they're the best thing I make for sure. What, uh, what's something that you wish that we 
would have done or would have watched or something that we haven't done yet during quarantine? I mean, I had kind of grand plans to go through and organize the house. <laughs> not that we still couldn't do that because we're not going anywhere anytime soon, but um, <laughs> none of that has happened. <laughs> I at the very least want to go through my closet yeah. because I have a shit ton of clothes in there and I don't wear any of them. And like I was, I jokingly said this in a check-in meeting at work yesterday. Um, I have not worn anything but leggings and uh, pajamas since this whole thing started. Yeah. I honestly don't know if I fit in my clothes anymore. <laughs> I've eaten a shit ton of bacon, baked goods. I have not really had much physical activity. It is very likely that my clothes are going to be tight. Yeah. I probably should try some shit on and, you know, make sure I can still get dressed for work. Well, I mean, we went out to dinner for your dad's birthday. That's on the last March, time we've been anywhere. March 13th. That's the last time I wore jeans. I think that's probably the same for me. Because I didn't go back to work after that. No. Because the following Monday, um, we were supposed to report into work and then... Basically, what they had said is everybody come in on Monday, get all your stuff, get ready to work at home, and then starting Tuesday, you'll be working from home. And because I have asthma and you had been sick and we're still recovering and whatever, I was like, I told my boss, I'm like, I'm working from home. I have all my stuff. I'm not going to come in. And so, and I think I got one of the last uh, monitors in the entire city of Houston. <laughs> Yeah, that's been the best purchase that you've probably ever made. For real. It really it really would have been almost impossible to work from home without it. Do you think we're going to get reimbursed for that? No. <laughs> Bastards. Thankfully, I only paid like 80 bucks for it, so not the end of the world. No. And especially considering that, you know, they've just cut my salary. They're definitely not going to refund me for my extra monitor. Yeah. So... That's good Fun times. times. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just keep telling my like, I was very annoyed by it yesterday when you told me. Yeah, me but too. But like, at the same time, like we still have jobs. We still have, you know, we have enough. We're right. not we're not waiting in a five hundred car line to ten thousand car line. Hope that a food bank has something for us. Right. Like, yeah, the I just keep the change isn't going to break us. It stinks because I. You're so you were so far behind already. Yeah, and then I was like, really kind of caught up to closer to where I should have been. Yeah. Finally, um, yeah. So that part is disappointing for sure. But at the at least, like initially, so I got a promotion and I got a raise, like our normal yearly raise this year. And thankfully, the promotion isn't being rolled back, and the raise that came with the promotion. So at least that still stays because I thought I was going back to my pre and like that is a punch to the gut because I mean, that's what I was making when I was an administrative assistant and had no college degree. Yeah. And that just, that would, that would have been a, that would have been a, we need you to walk out the door as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, actually I guess that's not true because I did get a raise when I went into my first role. So, or when I first changed yeah. jobs. So I guess that's not completely true, but I mean, s still, it was not 
it was not as much as I was expecting it to be because they put me at a grade level lower than where I felt I should have been. Um, I feel like they kind of screwed me on that a little bit. And so I finally, with this promotion and then with my cost of living adjustment and whatever, I was actually where I should be. And now I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, that's the so way it that, goes. So that might just be a little teaser that there could be changes coming down the pike, yeah. but we won't get into specifics right now. But <laughs> if anyone... Uh, if anyone in any of the states that we've ever lived in before um, has a high paying job for Nikki, you know, you may want to DM her. I'm just, you know, just saying. <laughs> I am, I'm open to entertaining offers. I'm open to new ideas. Indeed. Well, I did put up a little Facebook thing to see if uh, oh. anyone had some questions. Wait, hold on. Before we do that, yeah, we talked about things that we haven't liked. What have been things that you have liked about quarantine? We'll get there. Oh, okay. Well, this is just a little break. Okay. A little, a little uh, you know, maybe you let me run my fucking show. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> One of the things that I've really loved during this is how much more you get to boss me around because that's I fun. love that a lot. It's, it's the great. Best. <laughs> it's super healthy One, for our marriage. One of the things that I wanted to get into is uh, Joe Lawrence jumped in. And uh, he wants you to sing the hippopotamus song on the podcast. <laughs> so if you can just go ahead and do that, that'd be great. I have to think about how it goes. Hold on. It's not as funny without the visual. I'll, I'll get the visual, so it's fine with me. The visual is what makes it amazing. Yeah, but he not, but he knows the visual in his head, so yes. when he hears it, he'll be able yeah, to. Yeah, and let me just tell you a quick little story about that. So when I used to do music for Grace Church Roseville back a million years ago for the youth group, all the kids complained because we never did action songs, like little kid songs. Yeah. And I was like, I know a crap ton of those. We can do them. Um, I was like, all right, let's bust one out and see if you guys like it or not. So I did the hippopotamus song and they all fell on the floor laughing at me. So I was like, <laughs> screw you guys. We're never doing one of these again. <laughs> all right. Hippopotamus song. All let's right, let's I'll hear do it. the actions as I'm doing it. All right. In the beginning, God made the sea. And the forest filled with trees, he made the mountains up so high. Above it all, he placed the sky. His fingerprints are everywhere, just to show how much he cares. In between, he had lots of fun. He made a hippo that weighed a ton. Hip, hip, hippopotamus. Hip, hip, hooray, God made all of us. Hip, hip, hippopotamus. Hip, hip, hooray, God made all of us. And it gets faster and more obnoxious. And the, his fingerprints are everywhere. You run around and touch everybody. It's very non-COVID that's, that's that, that's appropriate. A, that's a no longer. That's a that's a that's a pre-COVID song. Exactly. That has been uh, no longer will no longer be allowed. So so there's that 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 just happened. There you go. So the reason I asked you to hold off on on your other question is it's it's similar to a question that Rod asked, mm. which is what's one of the silver linings of the extra time that you spent together. And also a question that Andrew sent me via text message. What's one positive thing that you hope will come out of this pandemic across our nation and across the world? So mm. a couple of different questions in there, but also kind of tied into, you know, you asking what some of the positive things have been. Um, I mean, for me, the positive has been that not going to the office means... Uh, I get an extra hour and a half of sleep. I am not getting in traffic. I am not going into the office and 
the stress levels, while my job, while my job in and of itself is not particularly taxing, it is a grind because it's 12 hours. Yeah. You put on top of that the fact that they, for some fucking reason, decided that my group, who has no real interaction with most of the other people on the commercial trading floor... So we're a dispatch group that needs to be able to listen and take calls, sits on a floor with people that are loud and obnoxious and it's a some trade people, floor. I mean, think about what you think about like stock exchange where everybody's yelling and whatever. It's maybe not quite that, but it's close. No, but it's also people that think it's hilarious to have like weird sounds when they get emails. Like there's this one guy that has a goat sound when he gets an email. Dude, and like for real? it sucks. Yeah, that's annoying. And like I've begged like I've offered to give back raises to get off the floor. Like I've offered, <laughs> I've offered to pay for the move myself. Like I'll go sit in the basement. Like I don't care. So that is definitely a silver lining for me. Yeah. Is I could sit. I have a real. I have a very comfortable chair that I do this podcast from. That also now doubles as the chair that I sit in to do my work uh, on my work days. So you know I, I feel very lucky. Uh, and to have that as a silver lining. Thus far, there's been no changes in terms of my financial standing or what they're doing with my company. Um, so I feel very lucky uh, for that. And as far as for us just being home and together, I mean, it's great. I mean, we're just home and together. And like, it's not a huge change from our day to day. I wish the weather was better. Yeah. So I wish we could be swimming. Um, but I mean, fucking first world problems. Right. We're in quarantine. We have to stay home and we have a pool that's not warm enough. I know. Boo hoo. Poor us. Um, I mean, I generally think that, I mean, while in any situation you can start to get on each other's nerves when you're around each other enough, like we genuinely like being around each other for the most part. And like I was being annoying the first week and you told me some stuff that I was doing because I was listening to Shit's Creek, which by the way, if you're not watching Shit's Creek, something's wrong with you, including you, Dustin P. But um, I'm, I was I'm watching through the whole series basically. And so I had it on all day and it was a little bit annoying. It was a lot annoying for you. Um, and so, you know, just like some of those things and I, we're, I mean, I think that those have basically worked themselves out. For, yeah, because it's all part. about recalibrating, like, yeah. what you do and how you do it and, like, expectations. And, like, that. that's why communication is so important. Like, I could have just continued to say, sit here. And I did sit here for a couple of days, and it bothered me, and it bothered me, and it bothered me. <laughs> and I could have just kept being annoyed by it. Instead, because my problem is, like, I don't want to – one of the things that I seem to have trouble with is – I could tell everyone else fuck you with a smile on my face, but it seems like whenever I try to communicate things like that to you, that you always just end up sad and it makes me feel bad. So I'd rather just be mad than make you sad. Even though like I try to be like very like diplomatic when I say these things, it still feels like you get butt hurt and like, like I'm, I don't know. You don't like to be told what to do. You like you very much like to just be like, this is the way I'm doing it. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Uh, that is accurate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and it's because the way I'm doing it is the best way generally because it makes the most sense to me. <laughs> What's the best way for you to do it? <laughs> it's, it's it's the best it's way. <laughs> I don't think we need to put the caveat in there. Because <laughs> like if you wanted to go back in the spare room and sit at the desk and put your monitor there and watch Shits Creek all day long, that's fine because I won't have to hear it. Right. But you're in the dining room and there's right. literally there's no, no sound barrier. Yeah. Which I did think about that. The problem is that the guest room is a little bit of a mess right now. Sure. And the Buster and Bonzer will just be screaming at the door, wanting to get in there if I just go in there and close the door. And so... Yeah, but you wouldn't have to close the door. Well, I would have to I would have to do a bunch of cleaning up in there before they could be in there. Yeah. And Bonzer, I don't know what it is about the bedspread on the guest bed, but he sees that thing and he has to throw up right <laughs> on it. Like... He's been on that thing four or five times, and he's yeah. thrown on thrown up on it every time. So that door stays shut. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's just but overall, all about I mean, calibration and yeah communication and. I mean, I think that I definitely like. I find it's ridiculous when I work a job where I don't have where I don't face the public that I have to be dressed up every day. Like, I understand that there is something to be said for getting ready, and I do get I do get ready to a point at least every day. Like, I may not take a shower every day, but I am doing something to my hair. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm putting a bra and underwear on and, you know, like, taking my jam. I'm, I'm putting actual clothes on, even if yeah, they're Yeah, you're nice clothes. and dressed up like I am for this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Brain, underwear and slippers. <laughs> this may be the closest to a naked podcast that I've ever done. <laughs> For all you ladies out there that wanted a hot visual. Um, but so I mean, I definitely think that there's something to be said for that. That when you look professional, you act more professionally. Whatever. But I also think that the oil and gas industry is super stuffy, like to a ridiculous degree. Yeah. And it's loosened up a ton, but it still is just ridiculously stuffy. And so, like, yeah, cause, I mean, there would have been a time where they would have walked you out the door for just having your nose ring in. Yeah, I wouldn't have even, I would have had to take it out yeah. for sure. So, like, I and just. And that was you just kind of saying, fuck you, I'm putting it in. And, like, if well, you. Well, other people had nose rings too. So I was like, all right, well, if they do, I can't. And Bartlesville was a little bit different. And then. You got down here and it was just like, this is the way it is. Yeah. I don't think that no, nose rings aren't the, uh, that big of a deal now. Yeah. If I had something big and obnoxious in, then maybe that would be a problem. But I can't, I, I don't think people even really notice that I have yeah. it. But just generally, like, I love being more comfortable and not having to wear dress clothes. I hate wearing dress clothes generally. It's not really my thing. Um, I love that I'm wearing flip-flops instead of uncomfortable dress shoes, you know, like all that stuff. So I think it's more just comfort um like all of that stuff is nicer yeah so yeah that's it as far as how i hope that it changed this quarantine time changes things generally within the world yeah i mean i think that if you like can take a step back and critically look at things and this is not things and not from a political perspective of like obviously i lean very um liberally um there are obviously some things with our medical system that are not well adapted for this sort of a situation um we like to tell ourselves in america that we're the best at all things and i think that it's very clear it should be at least that we are not the best at this um there are other countries 
who have been able to stop the spread so much faster, have been able to test on wide scale, a wide scale basis and had just much more of an infrastructure there to be able to do that. And we do not have that here. Um, I think that that is a shame. It's a travesty. It's a failure of public health and that that should be addressed. Yeah. Um, I hope that this is an opportunity to address that. I really would love for that to be the case. And and I think that's something that that's not a Trump problem. Like no. Trump didn't make the healthcare system bad. No. It's not an Obama problem. It's a generational problem. Yeah. Like when FDR put in the New Deal, part of the New Deal should have been healthcare for everyone. Right. But they never foresaw these fucking insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies and the hospitals and all of these companies <laughs> that make billions of dollars on people being sick. Right. We are the only industrialized nation that does not ha- have health care for its citizens. Well, and I think, too, that there was never a focus on on wellness and on preventative care. Yeah. Um, because the only time you saw a doctor is when you were deathly ill. So you didn't do anything to prevent illnesses. Which is is just more of this macho American bullshit. Right. I I know. Like, I get it. We're, I think, we all think that we're fucking special. We're not special. We just happen to be born inside these imaginary lines. That doesn't make us fucking better than anyone else. And the sooner we all can fucking realize that... That we're human beings and not define ourselves by who we voted for in the last fucking election. Right. Like, we would all be much better off. Whatever side of the border, you're, whatever side of the line that you're on, whoever you're getting your news from, you're being fed a narrative. Right. So, you had, and you talked about this earlier when we were having a conversation, I think last week. One of the things that you wish was taught more in school is how to, how, it, was, it was to teach people to think critically and if i could impart any wisdom to to parents that are doing homeschooling right now first of all i better see every single one of you advocating to pay teachers more money in the future because i've seen plenty of mama needs wine daddy needs a cigarette all this sort of stuff and you have only had to do this for a couple weeks teachers are putting up with your little fucking hooligans five days a week eight hours a day so, in the future, let's all get behind taking care of teachers. Because if you haven't realized how critical they are to the fabric of our country, then you are sorely mistaken. But, you are being fed a narrative. And to not be able to think critically, like I tend to watch more MSNBC and CNN, I know that they're going to give me a slant. But I feel that they're going to give me more of the truth because they are working. But that's, that's the narrative that I choose to buy into. But I also don't believe every single single thing that they say. Right. I take in the information and try to filter out the, the, the nonsense and the opinion and the sugar that's around it. And I feel there's a lot of people on both sides there are plenty of people on the left that are fucking lunatics. Yeah. I'm seeing these go back to work protests and these things are concerning to me mm-hmm. 
Because I have a feeling that a lot of these people that are protesting to get people back to work are not people that want to go back to their jobs. They're wanting other people to go back to work so their lives can get easier. Mm. Yeah. Because I don't know a lot of people that are desperately wanting to go back to their job. Right. I've seen so many, like before this, Go back and look. Oh, my fucking job. That's why a show, that's why like a TV show like The Office does so well. It's because so many people hate their job. Right. But they need their job. Right. Because we've all bought into this bullshit. If you haven't figured out now that corporations and big business and companies do not care and about the us. the government. Nobody cares about us. If you haven't figured that out yet, I mean, Fuck. Like the biggest thing that we could all do is when they reopen jobs is to just not show up. Like if we want to get something done, that's what I'll say for people back in the sixties and seventies. And like, at least they fucking stood up for what they believed in. Like they did sit-ins and they did protests and shit like that. Now it's people like me who just bitch about it on Twitter. Right. But we need to advocate for these things and we continue to send people to represent us that do not have our best interest. Like the amount of money that's in politics is why it's never going to get fixed. Our system is broken. I honestly feel like we are living in the chapters of history that are going to be written about why America crumbled because go back and read your histories. But everyone, every great society has failed at some point. Great Britain used to be the be all end all. Now we look at them as a joke. France used to be amazing. But you know what? France is paying its citizens $7,500 a month until this quarantine is over. They are making sure that people have money and the things that they need. Our treasury secretary went on TV and said $1,200 should be able to last Americans 10 weeks the median rent for a one-bedroom apartment in this country is $1,100. I don't understand. And I think that also, like, this also shows the f- flaw in looking at our economy and and looking at the stock market and how that is a representative of how well our company, our country is doing economically because... There are so many people, us included, where if we were laid off for a significant amount of time, we do not have savings and the ability to support ourselves over the long haul. Like we have extra now because we had our bonuses that we haven't put towards the things we were planning on putting them towards. We've saved those now in our checking account. And then we had our tax return. So we have, and then we got our stimulus check or whatever checks, but like we have that money set aside but that is purely there because we had intended to spend it on other things that we needed debt we wanted to get rid of or pay down and whatever, but chose not to because we could see that things were happening and we probably needed to be smart about that in case we needed cash. So like that puts us in a good position and especially because we are still able to work, even though I'm going to get paid a little less, I'm still going to be able to work every day. Um, but for people who ha- cannot go back, are never going to be able to go back to the job that they once had, like that income is just gone for yeah. them. Like, 
I can't imagine because we've both had moments of extreme fear and panic during this. And we are in a very good position compared to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and I tend, and, and what I end up, what ends up happening to me usually is I start to internalize the fears that I have for us as a whole. Yeah. I don't feel that worried about us necessarily. I do have worries because at any time they could just decide that, hey, fuck it. I mean, sorry. Like, we got to cut. Like, right. That's just the way it goes. But there are so many people that have so little to begin with. And they're the people that everyone thinks is just going to, like, work the system and take and take and right. take. You know what happens? Every fucking person that gets on TV and tells you that they're worried about someone taking from the economy is already taken from the economy. All of these fucking Congress people and senators that knew about how bad this virus could be and started selling off stocks and shit like that. Like, you think that that's not being, that's not working against the interest of everyone else? Like, it's sickening. It's disgusting. And to be told that we should be able to, people should be able to live off the extra $1,200 that Trump was so benevolent to give to us. He is so fucking narcissistic that he has slowed down the ability for the Treasury Department to get checks out to people that need them because for the first time ever, the president is requiring that his name and signature be on those checks. If you can't see through that bullshit, you are lost as a human being. I'm sorry. I know there are a couple people that listen to this podcast that think Trump is fucking great. That's your opinion, but you're wrong. Trump is an evil narcissist. There are levels of badness. There are a lot of shitty politicians on both sides of the aisle. But to just say, well, they're all bad, therefore, I mean, he's just another bad one. No. There's never been a time in my life, and I've paid, a, and I've paid attention to politics a lot closer than a lot of people. There's never been a time in my life where I felt less comfortable with the government that we had in place. Not because it's a Republican government, but because it we lack true leadership. Even in the worst of times, George Bush, even with some of the like mishmash speeches that he would give, at least I felt like he was in charge. And I also felt like he was a human being. Yes. Like, I mean, I don't agree with a lot of the ways that he went about things. I definitely, like, there were definitely things that happened during W's presidency that I do not agree with. But at the same time, like, he, he appeared to me to be a person, a human person who actually had emotions and empathy. And I, I just don't. I don't think Donald Trump is capable of empathy. I don't think he even understands what it is. No. And all these fucking rich people, they get it all. It's all rich people that are telling people that we should be comfortable going back to work. And that's all because rich people only make money if poor people are doing the work. Right. That's all that we are. I'm not even poor. But my billion-dollar Fortune 25 company can't make money if we don't show up. Right. 
I mean, I know what I know what gets said, and I know what is real, and there are two very different things. Yeah. There's a <laughs> there's a line in the the first Captain America movie that always hits home for me when I think about this, and it's when the Red School Johann Schmidt says uh, to um, the um, the little scientist guy. Yeah, um, I can't think of his name. Uh, Zoller. Zoller. He says to Zoller, because uh, Zoller's talking about, um, you know, that the, the, the workers can't work any faster. And Schmidt turns to him and he goes, there are always more workers. There will always be more workers. As soon as you're not useful, you're going to be gone. Right. Like, I really hope some people that, Never take a sick day because they want to just prove how much, how worthy they are to their company, how great they are. Like, stop. If you're sick, fucking take a day off. Like, I know there's people that can't afford to, but if you can, your company doesn't give a shit about you. Like, and the sooner we all quit buying into the lies, the better off we're going to be. Like, I don't necessarily want us to be a socialist state. I don't want fucking bread lines. I don't want any of this other shit. But there are countries that have socialized medicine that have economies that work just fine. Right. Like you don't have to fucking buy into that if we just do this one thing that then everything crumbles away. Right. It's not a slippery slope to sl- to socialism. It's a slip if anything it's a slippery slope to a healthier population. So that's how how Great Britain ended up with socialized medicine is World War 1 because when their men reported yeah. to when they were all drafted or conscripted into service, they were so unhealthy that they realized that nationally they had a problem yeah. and that they needed to fix it. And I feel like, like if anything, as you said, it's not Trump's responsibility. It's not his fault that we are where we're at right now. But he's not helping making it any better. No, but it also isn't. He doesn't have that much time left in this term. Hopefully this is the end of his term end of his time in office but like well fucking joe biden doesn't support so medicare for all either right but i also think though that the like, fact that i live in a world where my choices are donald trump and joe biden are fucking terrify me anyway i think the responsibility now is that one first we have to admit that there's a problem nationally and like we all need to see that whether well first we need to admit that it's not a hoax we need to admit that covid is real that it's people are actually dying that people are actually very sick from it no we needed to do that a month ago well right like we're pat like we're far down the line right but there are still people that aren't there so one two we need to look objectively at our system and see where the failings are and say okay what about this can be fixed and let's fix it. That's the responsibility that is, that's, if there's anything that I hope comes out of it, it, there's two things. It's that, which is the bigger thing for sure. But the second thing is the people who are essential right now are people that beyond medical people who we always know are essential and like, you know, whatever. The people who are begging our grocery, who are stocking our grocery shelves, the people who are delivering our packages, the people that are delivering our mail, the people that are making our daily lives continue to move, those are the people that are essential. And those jobs are 
valuable and those people that do those jobs are valuable. Yeah. And so I think. And it should be our responsibility to stand up for them. Yeah. We should be putting pressure on any company that is not giving their, their workers paid time off. Again, we're the only industrialized country that doesn't have mandated time off. Like we like, and even those of us who have it, it's way less yeah. than other countries. So I won't get into specifics, but fuck it. If you didn't want me, this is about my friend Rod, his company, the state of Michigan passed a law that all companies must give their workers 40 hours of PTO for sick time. His company only give them 40 hours of vacation every year. That's a week off. However, when this new law went into place, they changed 40 hours of vacation to 40 hours of PTO. So PTO can either be used for sick time or vacation. So he has 40 hours of either vacation time or sick time for a full year. And because, that is criminal. And because they didn't put in a caveat that you can that it can't be either or if you currently don't offer it you can't replace your current vacation system with sick time or whatever. They didn't they didn't they didn't account for that. They left and this, that loophole. And this be notion there. that people, well if you if you don't like your job, just quit and get a new one. Like that's not just fucking simple for everyone. One, the job market's not always easy to get into, especially if you lack certain skills or you or you've only been working in a certain area. Like if I quit and left my job right now, I have experience, but I only have an associate's degree in radio broadcasting, which isn't good for anything. And from a non-accredited school. Correct. So it means basically nothing. And all I have is this and all I've had in my five years working for uh, for Philip 66 is this one role, which is going to say to other employers, well, is that all that he can do? How right. come he hasn't m- improved? How come he hasn't moved up? So like, and I have a pretty okay job. My job is fine. Like, it's not my dream job. I'm okay with that for the most part. Like, I've come to terms with the fact that it is what it is. I work, I show up, I do my job, but I am not passionate about it. I'm not one of these people that buys into company bullshit. I'm not going to mixers. I'm not going to all this other (laughs) stupid shit that other people do, which is the same stupid shit that people go to and that's how they get promoted and probably why I don't get promoted. But I don't care that much. But there are people that go out and work $14 an hour jobs that can't get, they can't get by. Like, Our favorite, one of our favorite shows to watch is The West Wing. One of the cruxes of an episode is a chance meeting that Toby and Josh have at a bar with a gentleman who is taking his daughter to visit Notre Dame. And they're sitting and talking to him. And this isn't that long ago. This is from like 2002 or 2003. He made a comment that I never thought at $55,000 a year I would have trouble making ends meet and his wife making an additional 25. So at he was worried about making ends meet at $80,000 a year. That there are we couldn't make ends meet at $80,000 a year. No, 
between your student debt, my student debt, our credit our, card debt, our rent, our rent, like our car payment. Thankfully, we only have one car payment right now. Energy bills down here alone in the summertime. The electricity bills in Houston are fucking ridiculous. I mean, I don't understand how people make it down here. It's well, I think ours is higher because we live in an old home that has single pane windows and shitty insulation and we have a pool with but inefficient st- equipment and our AC unit is old. All of those things make our energy bill higher. But I still have heard from other people that have better stuff that their energy bills are still high. Yeah. So it's not like I mean it's still high for sure. So it is like you have people that break their backs like we're giving up the best years of our lives to hopefully at the end of it be able to retire but like disproportionately people of color don't make it to retirement by a large percentage so they're paying into a system they're never going to see anything from anyway like the sooner we all fucking wake up and realize that our system is broken and we need to demand change and to fucking care about it more than we care about the 25 minutes that we talked about top chef at the beginning of this episode (laughs) or whatever, like, well, and I think like we are so divided. I I never, I didn't think we could be more divided and with every day, it seems like we're just more so. Um, and the more that they keep us divided, I mean, that's really how they're keeping people from uniting together and, demanding change because we are so divided amongst each other that then we have no power. The divide is not between North and South. It's not between left and right. It's between the rich. It's not, not even the rich between the Uber super rich and everyone else. Right. And as soon as we all can fucking recognize not everything's going to be perfect, but can't we not all agree that we all deserve to be paid a living wage, that we all deserve adequate health care, and that we all deserve like guaranteed paid time off? Like, Are those not three things that everyone can get behind? Your money's going to get spent either way. I've, I realize that you think that like just magically this shit just appears. And like Trump didn't give us $1,200. He reallocated our tax money. This was already our money. Like, he didn't make money appear out of thin air. Although they probably did because in order to fucking pay for all this shit, they just added $6 trillion to the debt. You know what they could have done with $6 trillion? Aside from giving $4, billion, $4 trillion to fucking, like, big business and fucking hedge funds and, like, I don't know if you've paid attention... But United Airlines got a big bailout and then laid off a bunch of its workers because they put in provisions where there's no oversight for how this money is used. There should have been provisions. Why are we bailing out big businesses? All these Republican people that stand up and want free market economy and want want capitalism, all this stuff. Capitalism is a free market. If if it was going to fail, then it fails. But no... It's it's a free it's Republicans want a free market until they don't want big businesses to fail and then they bail them out. Right. So anyway, the COVID chronicles have been really light and uplifting for the first three episodes, and we did. <laughs> I honestly wasn't. It's just so frustrating, yeah. and I just 
We need to, like, we all just need to be better human beings. Like, and the sooner we all realize that the people with all of the money, the, like, the 2% of the people at the top, if we all sh- join together, yeah. But it's, a, but don't worry, it's Hollywood's fault. It's the right. gay people's fault. It's the mainstream media's fault. I'll tell you what is another silver lining. Yes. Animal shelters all across the country are at their lowest capacities ever. Because But don't you don't you worry that once people yes, go back to work, they're I, all gonna dump dogs back? I absolutely worry about that. One hundred percent. So anyway, let's uh, answer let's let's get some upbeat questions here, if there are any. Serena wants to know when we're coming to Minnesota. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're in a quarantine. Um, so probably not anytime soon. But hey, you never know. I mean, there's no current plans. If if hockey season ever resumes and they still have the uh, <laughs> the uh, Winter Classic that was supposed to be at Target Field, that was the next time I planned to be in Minnesota. Mm. But who knows? Indeed. I would love to be in Minnesota. There's lots of places I would love to be that aren't here right now. But, you know. Uh, Megan, what do you think about the proposed stage? I think she means state openings. I'm wondering if we should watch other countries before jumping into this. No, I think she means staged because it's going to go out in phases. Oh. We have seen some some go very slowly and some just go and have a relapse. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things we don't do very well in this country is pay attention to what's going on outside of our country and taking that information and, and rolling with it. I think one of the places that you can point to and and worry about is Japan. Uh, Japan was very quick to shut a lot of things down and they slowed the spread and then they announced that people could start, you know, doing stuff and then they had another outbreak. So I don't know. Um, I think that we should do one thing that we don't really do very well in this country was, is listen to smart people and listen to scientists and not, yeah, instead of listening to big and, business, yeah, not listen want- to fucking bankers and CEOs who just want the economy to go back to, you know, so I'm, I'm very worried. Um, Texas announced today that they're going to start loosening some restrictions. Um, Yeah. I I can tell you I for one do not want to go back to my office because the floor that I work on cannot be properly social distanced. We are not six feet apart in our desks. Um, and I'll say if I, I'm not going to go back unless either that's rectified or I'm allowed to work from home. Like I'm not going to go sit up there and be around people that closely. That is a safety concern. And if one of the if one of the tent poles of my company is safety. That is not putting me in a safe position. Right. And apparently, according to our CEO, we all have a, uh, we all have carte blanche to uh, stop unsafe work practices. So I will invoke that. I'm not going to go sit four feet away from a person. Right. So I guess we'll see. Uh, Skyler chimes in. Now that time has passed and we are many states away, how bad was it? To share a hotel room with me and your husband. <laughs> it 
was fine. It was totally fine. I didn't have a problem. You notice how our voice got real high there? That's slide, that's slide. How, it's totally fine. It was great. It was, it was awesome. I mean, I hardly saw you guys, so it was fine. <laughs> yeah, that was the best part for her. She barely saw us. <laughs> I mean, it was a tight squeeze, but I mean, I think it worked out well. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I mean, I think it, it was fine. <laughs> the biggest, if if anything was a problem, it was just overall the timing of the trip because it was right <laughs> yeah. after Heather had passed away, so we were not really. Plus, you had been super sick um, that week after she died, and so like that trip was a terrible idea. Yeah, like I'm glad that I went because I'm I got to see Okada win the belt in Madison Square Garden, which is something I'll remember for the rest of my life. Uh, and getting to see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway is awesome. Um, getting to hang out with you, Skyler, and, and see wrestling shows was super awesome. But that trip was a terrible idea, especially the way I planned it in terms of I stayed in Oregon a few days longer, literally got home at like 11 o'clock at night, pa- repacked my bags, got up at 5 in the morning, and flew to New York. It was a terrible idea. Yeah. You had to go from one side of the country to the other in yeah. 24 hours. It, yeah. I, I mean, I think more than anything that that was challenging more so than us being in a tight room and just like, I don't know, not really being, it felt like a waste of an opportunity of being in New York City yeah. with the headspace and whatever that we were in just because. There's so much to do and so much to see. And I feel like we barely, we didn't do anything. No, Especially um, me. I, I didn't really do anything at all. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I physically it. and mentally just couldn't. Like, yeah. I did the things that I went there to do and the things that I had already put money out for. Yeah. And like beyond that, like. Yeah. Cause like the night you guys went to the Madison square garden show, like I had planned to go and have dinner somewhere nice and do all of that. And like, I looked and looked and looked and there were, probably hundreds of restaurants within right. several blocks of where I was at that I could have easily walked to or whatever. And well, yeah, just, I mean, we were in fucking Midtown. Like, yeah. if you couldn't find a good restaurant, it's your fault. Right. And I just, in the end, ended up going and getting something from the shitty little cafe that was in the hotel. Like, that's all I did, you know? I just wasn't in the headspace yeah. either. I did get to see ballet, though, which was nice. Which was just a fluke. It was a fluke. Had we not gone to that burger place, I know we went to and sat across from the the the, the New York City Center. It's good times. Honestly, I'm fine to never go back to New York. <laughs> like it just, it's so overwhelming to me. Like Houston's it, too big for me. Like I can't. Like I think too. Like New York is, and because we're we were in Midtown, yeah. so like you're New so York in is a city. skinny person's town. <laughs> I mean, it is a walking city yeah. for sure because it's very difficult to drive. I mean, we found that out when we went to To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. I mean, it took, a, what, an hour to get there and it was three blocks away. Like, had we just been able to walk that, yeah. it would have been no big deal. You know, and so, like, yeah, some of those things were a little challenging and stuff, but um, I don't know. I mean, I really like New York generally. I feel like I would love to spend more time there and actually get to do more, but yeah. I yeah we'll see someday maybe what are nikki's thoughts on ever moving back to oklahoma from misty oh um i'm not opposed um 
find her find her a job that that pays her a hundred thousand dollars a year we'll move back tomorrow Um, I'm not opposed. I, I think I would rather live in Tulsa than up in Bartlesville. Um, I just, I really like Tulsa actually. I, I would live in Tulsa for sure. Um, I would rather do that than live in Bartlesville, but I know all the people that we know basically live in Bartlesville. So I don't know. I, it's, I mean, it's in my top three places probably to live in third place. Yeah. Maybe fourth place. I'm just, there's probably other places. But, I mean, I could live there. Of all of the places that we lived, it's the third place that we want to move to most. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you've never lived in Oregon, so I guess. I haven't lived in Oregon. So, yeah, I mean, if it, it wouldn't, it if there was an opportunity to move back, it would be considered. It wouldn't be something that we would immediately dismiss. Yeah. But it would have to be the right opportunity. Like we wouldn't just move back to move back. Like there would need I mean, to be a, a, a good reason. I'm a little less excited about it because there was a beautiful house that I wanted to buy that <laughs> is sold now. That sucks a lot. Um, yeah. I'm pretty bummed that. I mean, I would have moved back to Bartlesville this minute if we could have bought that house. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, the universe is just working out the way it's supposed to, I guess. I guess. Let's see. Any other questions? Uh, apparently, Florida is going to reopen their beaches starting tonight. That's a that. fucking terrible idea. Have they even been closed for two weeks? No, I don't think so. All I know is that, like, I mean, it's all this, all it's this shit, state, all this so. shit has proven that, like, we are the self, the most selfish bunch of fucking people ever. Yes. We literally all we had to do was stay home. And we couldn't even do that. Like, I just know. like the inability of people to sacrifice for the greater good in this country is fucking staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even like, I'm just, it's mind blowing to me. So you hear all these stories about like grocery stores have stuff taped off so that you're not getting too close to people and whatever when you're waiting in line. And, like when I went to Whole Foods last week to get apples and whatnot, like there were, a, I, I'm assuming it was a grandma and grandpa, a grandma and grandpa and their two little grandsons who were running all over the place and crazy. And I was like, why, there are two of you. Why are all four of you in here? Yeah. One of you adults, even if they wanted to get out of the house, fine. One of you adults should be with those little shitheads in the car out in the parking lot. Should not be in the store right now. You're exposing them and you're exposing all of us. Like, it is mind-boggling to me that people cannot adapt their behavior at all. Or like, I've heard so many stories about people who work in grocery stores and they see the same fucking people every day because the people are just like, well, if I'm going to the grocery store, that's allowed because it's an essential thing. Right. And so that's what they're doing is their form of entertainment is they're going to the grocery store every day. Like, no, that's not how this is supposed to work. Like you get the shit you need and you get the hell out of there and don't expose yourself or any of the people that work there or any of the other people that are shopping there to any more than you have to. Yeah. It is mind boggling. I, I have this question actually. Has anybody else found this? Like my mom has talked about this. My aunt, um, you haven't really been in stores, but so like I can't breathe 
in a store right now. So we went, I went to Whole Foods and then I had to make a quick run into Target for one thing, which I ended up getting a bunch of other things in there because I was there and, you know, it's Target. Um, I'm, I, I'm like afraid to breathe in public. Yeah. And so by the end, like I was huffing and puffing because I hadn't breathed the whole time I was in the freaking store and then like I get up to and I'm like sweating and I'm just like, well, plus I was carrying a million things because I literally was going in there for an apple core and came out with, I, I mean, I spent 60 bucks in there. So, you know, typical target, mostly on Easter candy. Um, oh, one of the silver linings of this whole thing is we have saved a lot of money because Nikki is limiting the amount of times that she's going out for breakfast and lunch every day. So instead of two meals that she's eating out of a uh, fast food restaurant every day, it's like three to four a week. So <laughs> that's been a nice silver lining. <laughs> she still can't she still can't quit McDonald's though. I can't. I can't quit it. I I can't. If you give it up for three days, trust me, the 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 need will go away. I have. It's, it's just not good. Like it's convenient, but it's not good. I, I get the I get the Jones in for a sausage McMuffin. I, I don't know what to tell you. You eat a sausage McMuffin now? Yeah. When did you switch to sausage McMuffins? I switched to a sausage McMuffin and hash brown because you can get that for a dollar fifty. And so and then I get a medium sodi. So I get that for two seventy one. If I got the sausage or the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit combo, <laughs> it's like five forty four or something. So it's literally twice the price. So I don't get that anymore. I get the half price thing. I'm saving you money every day, Jones, by getting the lesser the half priced item. And then still going to Cane's and getting seventy five dollars worth of chicken strips. That's eight thirty five that I paid for that. <laughs> You've never found me more attractive, have you? Admit it. Along with my gray to gr- my head to toe gray that I have going on right now. Hey, I got my man titties out, so <laughs> If anyone's the hottest of the I am wearing a bra, at least, so, you know. I appreciate appreciate you tarting it up for me by putting on a bra. (laughs) I did put some chapstick on, too. Ooh. Ooh. All right, well, that's going to be the end of this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to go put that chapstick to use. What does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) Any final thoughts? Let's not dig in. Let's not dig into that. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this uh, positive, fun-filled edition of uh, COVID Chronicles? Uh, I have a few. Okay. One, be very kind and nice to the people who are still having to work and serve you in public. Tip so high. Like tip as much as you are able to tip them to delivery people and to... I tipped 15 bucks to have pizza delivered two weeks ago. Yeah. Like be generous um, to those people because they are literally... Some of them are literally dying to deliver your fucking pizza. So... Um, I hope that guy didn't die. Yeah. Um, or to beg your groceries or whatever. Um, two, if you are able, um, you should be fostering or adopting a pet. I've been trying to work on Dustin to do one of those things or both of those things and have not uh, worked on him enough yet to do that. If any of you would like to join me in this uh, battle to try and convince him, I would welcome your assistance. Um, there are very valid reasons why I've addressed this. And you know them. And so whenever you want to start making some changes, then we can talk about it. And then thirdly, uh, just generally, like, 
any information you're reading on the internet or from any other sources. Take a step back. Don't blindly believe what it's telling you. Take a step back. Ask yourself if it really makes sense. Ask yourself if it really is logical, if it seems plausible. And if it's a repost on Facebook from Joe Blow's blog, please just disregard it. Like, go get your news from credible news sites. Please. There are actual credible news sites. I know you notice how people that lie all the time tell you the people that most people understand to be telling the truth are the liars. That's a pretty good indication of where you can be getting your news from. Right. I would recommend not getting your news from the president because his staff generally after every press conference has to come up behind him and correct all of his inaccuracies. Um, And this, I mean, I genuinely, I don't think there's a person on the planet that I dislike more than him. Um, But that aside, like I would love for him to be killing it right now. I would love for him to be stepping up and being a leader in any capacity. And so um, the fact that, he cannot synthesize information and relay that information in a truthful way is, I mean, it should be terrifying. It is terrifying to me. It should be terrifying to everybody else, but that's not the case. But so in any case, like whether you still are in on him or not, like I would highly recommend getting your information from a different source than him because he's not telling you the truth and you can believe that he is, but I mean, let's look at facts like there are no drive up facilities. There are or not to the scale, at least that they said there were going to be. We're still not testing. We're still like all of the all of those promises that were made in those early press conferences. All of those companies who got up, their CEOs got to speak on camera at the presidential press conference. None of those things have come to fruition. And so and he is now blaming the states. Right. It's the governor's faults. Um, and so I, I truly don't mean this as a, like as a shit on, well, I mean, it is, I mean, there's no way to get around it, but like, he is not a person that you can trust the information that comes out of his mouth. He is not able to be truthful. He's just not capable of it. And so whether you still agree with his politics or not, he is not a, he is not a valid news source. But Nikki... Would you have been able to trust Hillary Clinton? That's the most important question out of all of this. I mean, <laughs> every politician lies, but <laughs> so that's uh, that's going to be it oh. for this week's episode, uh, or maybe not just this week. That's that's the end of this episode. I think really the the thing to think about is in the words of the wonderful, talented author Michelle McNamara. It's chaos. Be kind. Take those words to heart. And for fuck's sake, wash your hands. <laughs>